0: Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world.
1: Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom.
0: And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man.
1: We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, guys.
0: This is a great show.
1: Mm -hmm. We are so excited to talk to you about a really important topic.
0: Resourcefulness, entrepreneurship, and work ethic. Here we go.
1: Raising your kids so that they grow up and they're resourceful. Right? It's so
0: important. And this idea for this episode came from an experience recently. I was meeting with a business owner in the community, um, Christian guy that Austin, our son, um, got you know got the chance to work with right. recently. Mm-hmm. And he had such raving reviews about our son, which obviously feels good as parents, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but one of the things he specifically said is it's really rare or unusual today mm-hmm. to work with somebody that's young, that is so proactive and takes initiative the entire time and tries to add value every minute of the day. Mm-hmm. He said it a little differently than that, but that was the meaning. Yeah, And of course I'm feeling great. Uh, but as great as, you know, of a person our son is, That stuff doesn't happen by accident.
1: Right. And so we got thinking Mm. about how important it is because um, to talk about this topic of raising kids to be resourceful, raising them to be initiative takers, if you will, um, and how to get to that place, because most people listening would probably go, oh, wow, I want my son to be like that, or I want my daughter to be like that, right, when they're older. um, and. Not really knowing like, okay, so what did you do to get them to that place?
0: Because there were things we did at a very, very young age. It's not just like, oh, mm-hmm. they're start; they're 12 now. I'm going to start working with them on these things. Now, it's right. never too late. Always try, no matter what your age, kids. But yeah. even if you have little kids right now, this is going to be relevant.
1: Yeah. So we're going to go through three main points in yeah. this podcast. And we're going to talk about starting while they're young. Um, creating lots of experiences. We're going to share some of the experiences that our kids have had. We're also going to talk about how to do it, and we're going to share four different passages of scripture. So, but yeah. before we do that, we just wanted to take a moment to say thank you yeah, for your support. So wow. Um, because we have just been so blessed, aren't we? Like whenever somebody oh. shares, it's just awesome. It's
0: what keeps us going—is hearing the feedback and so forth. Because Truly. you know, here we are in our little studio in our home, and. You know, we're putting this out there and working hard and all kinds of things with the ministry. And uh, it's just really encouraging. It keeps us going.
1: But there's two things that we get a lot of questions about from people. Where is that date one night date night questionnaire? Yeah. And how can I go get into the free parenting workshop? So why don't you tell them where those two things are?
0: Yeah, so courageousparenting.com is our home base for the parenting stuff. And so there's a little menu, hamburger icon, they call it with three lines, menu in the top left. And you hit that and it says free parenting workshop. So you can register for that there, over a couple thousand parents have gone through it and are raving about it, which is, mm-hmm. praise God. Um, and then the date night one sheet if you go to the podcast episode, there's a subscribe button to our email list, or if you've already subscribed, just look below our signature in the emails that go out once a week with the parenting tip. And it says date night one sheet, and you can get it there if you haven't got it yet.
1: Great, so that's really helpful because a lot of people don't really know how. Now, if you're having a hard time accessing that Date Night One sheet when you go to the website, maybe the pop-up doesn't happen, right? Um, that's why going to the blog post and finding that little thing that you can fill out is important. Also, sometimes just refreshing your cache in your computer or doing an incognito window can help it to pop up again. Yeah, Because you might have actually closed that little window the first time you came to the website because you were just so excited to listen to a podcast or something. So that's why we just wanted to just briefly go over that with you so that you can get access to
0: it. And hey, on iTunes, uh, you, hit the t- you just tap it, gives us a five-star review. It helps the movement because it helps the algorithms get this to more people. Right. And we love the written reviews too. So let's dive in. Uh, vision for the kind of adults we want to raise is an important start to this as we lead into point one. Uh, you really yeah. have to be thinking about these things now uh, because you need to do the right things when they're younger. Uh, to instill these Mm. things.
1: And Proverbs 13, 4 says, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. Yeah. We don't want our kids to get nothing. We don't want them to be sluggards. Yeah. But then it says, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Yeah. Okay. And so we wanted to share that little passage of scripture with you to give you a little bit of vision as to why this is an important conversation that we're having. And that it does take actually starting with your kids at a young age because we don't want our kids to be sluggards either, actually. This is a biblical principle, right?
0: Yeah. And, so. and we did a whole episode on, you know, entitlement and how to raise kids that are, aren't entitled. You can go look, I encourage you to go look that mm-hmm. up because it's different content than we're talking about here. But if you don't want entitled kids, one of the things that, um, exists with a, a lot of people in general, um, not everybody, but as some people is this, um, they become yes people. Mm. And what I mean by that is they're not necessarily proactive when they're in jobs, They're reactive, meaning they're always asking for the next thing and get exactly what they want and having to be trained on every single little detail uh, to do things. They
1: need to be micromanaged.
0: Micromanaged. And what you want to raise, what, what people want, what brings even more value to the marketplace or whatever they're going to be doing is people that are proactive in their initiative, uh, because training is a hard thing in every company. Mm -hmm. No matter how good the training is, they're never gonna train on every detail. And the people that stand out are the people that are proactive, resourceful, finding a way, taking action, even if sometimes they make a mistake. Usually Mm. business owners and bosses, managers, leaders would rather have somebody that takes initiative and sometimes makes an error than is always waiting for direction.
1: Okay, so as you're talking about this, It's just like my mind is blowing up right now with little thoughts about how moms during the day and dads have massive impact on whether or not a child grows up to become the type of person that has to be micromanaged, actually. So for example, helicopter moms, always there doing everything, catching everything, directing all the time. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it a little, little, right? You've Mm -hmm. seen those moms that are like always there to catch their kids. Always, always, always doing everything for them. If you continue doing that, you could potentially be raising a person that absolutely is dependent upon other people, constantly telling them what to do. If that's all they've known their whole childhood is people telling them what to do and them just needing to be a good soldier. They're not gonna have it in them to take initiative, to be proactive, to think out of the box, right? Like and it's actually those kinds of, you've talked about this in other podcasts and we talk about it more in depth in the parenting program, those soft skills that are gonna be things that can't be replaced by robots Mm -hmm. later in life. Yeah. Artificial intelligence. Creative thinking. Like creative thinking that God created us in his image and we're creative beings. And so if we train our kids to just be and do like like a robot, actually because we're micromanaging them all the time it's not the best thing for them long term
0: so we're far removed from the age of um uh the industrial revolution Mm -hmm. when they were training factory workers essentially and there's nothing every job is honorable as honorable as anybody else's job so i'm not Mm -hmm. dissing any kind of job it's just that to be prepared for the world they're launching into uh we should be preparing them to think uh to be proactive, resourceful, and take action. The other benefit is there's so many tools now. Mm -hmm. Like if I had YouTube when I was a kid and I could learn how to do things. Like change oil on a truck. Oh, it'd be amazing. (laughs) Like there's so many tools, but sometimes when the tools already exist, we take them for granted. And so you want your kids to realize the power of the tools and to understand how to use them as they're growing right. up. Right.
1: So two things about, you mentioned Google, okay? Yeah. So I know that there's a lot of moms going, wait a minute, are they advocating for people, kids getting on the internet? So we just have to put a disclaimer out there that certainly kids should not be getting on the internet and not being supervised, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, you are responsible for teaching, training your children in internet safety. And thirdly, you need to have precautions set up. You need to have filters. You need to teach your kids if this happens, you, this is how you react. You come to me right away. You close your computer, whatever. You you need to go through and teach your kids those things, but also setting them up for success with specific websites that are safer that they can go to. Maybe you go and you sit with them and you help mm-hmm. them look up the science experiment about magnets, yep. right? And you learn together. And that way you're able to kind of filter things if it's needed. Um, the other thing is, is that, Google's great, but it doesn't replace real-life learning from other people. And one of the things that I just want to encourage you in is you don't have to teach everything. No. Right? Like how many guys in our community have taught Austin things about the car?
0: So, and they need to develop a love for learning. Yes. Proactive learning versus waiting to be taught.
1: Right. Which is the difference between someone who's been raised being micromanaged. Someone who's raised micromanaged is going to be waiting to be taught something. Yeah. Right. And so there is an opportunity that we as moms have to trust and to realize that there's growth in letting your kids stumble. Sometimes there's growth in letting them learn things and that you don't always have to be the one teaching it actually.
0: Absolutely. It's actually a sign of insecure leadership when you have to be the one always teaching it. Um, And let's go into we'll talk about that more, but let's Mm -hmm. go into point one, which is start while they are young. This is so, so important. One of the things I did as a young leader in the business world is I used to want to know all the answers and feel like I had to know all the answers. So when someone would call me and managers all over the place, um, then I would wanna have the answer. And even if I only kinda knew the answer, I would just say I have the answer. And that was weak, actually. And it created a dependency on me, and so I worked harder and more. Whereas my people felt more equipped when I started challenging them to be resourceful and find their own answers and say, you know what, Uh, I have an idea about that, but tell me what you think first. Mm -hmm. I think this, actually, I think you're right. You should do that. And now what are they building within themselves? a trust Mm -hmm. and a a confidence confidence that they don't always have to go ask me for the answer.
1: Right, and kids need that more than anything, right? Like, and we're talking about um, often, one of the taglines for courageous parenting is raising confident Christian kids for an uncertain world. The reality is, is like you said, every job is honorable, but we are moving into a day and age where certain jobs like factory type stuff is actually automated and going to be replacing people with computers and robots. And so that's true. But then there's also this element of like needing to raise up our kids to be confident in their ability to contribute to society.
0: So how do we do that at a young age, Angie? What are the practical home and life skills and how do we do that when they're young?
1: So I think that it starts off really young. I mean, I gave you a perfect example of like just double checking, making sure you're not being a helicopter mom. One good question would be to go to your spouse and say, hey, do you feel like I'm always micromanaging the kids? Now, I'm not talking about not being consistent. You have to be consistent, Mm -hmm. right, with your kids. You need to be teaching, training, disciplining, all those things. Um, But there is a place of when kids are really little, you have the opportunity to instill in them a love for learning. And that's first started with just books. Yeah. Like, do you have good books that are fun to read? And do you show an exuberant, enthusiastic attitude towards sitting and reading books with your kids? Do your other kids read books with their younger siblings? Are your kids curious and loving books? Like if if there's a love for learning, there will be a love for books, actually. Yeah. And um, I think that in this next generation, actually, in the next 10 years, because of how technology has been moving, I can see that there is a temptation for parents to maybe be going more towards media with their little kids yeah. and less with books and i just have to say like that could be one of the biggest He's detrimental yeah. mistakes ever but um loving learning is enjoying like taking delight in learning new things mm-hmm. and so sometimes as a parent even though you may know the answer it's actually better to just be like hey let's do it together hey let's yeah. learn together and oh That's really good. Good job, you know, and just being encouraging to your two-year-old, three-year-old, giving them opportunities to contribute to the family and learning new tasks that are valuable, like letting your kids do the dishes, helping letting the little ones unload the maybe the stuff that's not dangerous to carry, like the Tupperware or the bottles or whatever they have, right? And helping them to know where those go, have a drawer that's down low so that they can participate in the putting away of those dishes. Um, It's those kinds of things too. Here's your here's your clothes we just changed you go put this in your laundry oh Mm -hmm. good job like there's so many very simple aspects that you can do with kids the minute that they're walking and some kids are walking at 10 months old yeah so if they are walking they can carry their dirty clothes to the laundry and try to throw it in the laundry basket and they will be so happy they will just be so full of joy
0: everybody wants to feel valued and like they're contributing Mm -hmm. and so often we don't believe kids are capable Uh, to the level that they actually are capable. And they might be acting out if you're not empowering them to take action and responsibility, even at age two or three. You're
1: totally right. So one of the easiest ways for them to feel like they're being resourceful or giving contribution or bringing value And being appreciated for it is with home economic type chores and now they can't do everything you just have to be like aware of where the development of your kid is you have to be proactive about training making sure that everything's safe but there are tons of things that you can have your kids doing alongside you um but you one of the things that you've been really good at with the kids is helping them to find opportunities where they can make their first profit
0: i really believe learning how to make profit or commission basically earning money from the quality of the work they do versus earning money for an amount of time they work. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just think it's a, it's actually good to experience both, but really understanding it. So one of the things when they're very young is, for example, we had them earn a penny per weed. Mm-hmm. So the more weeds they pulled, the more money they made. The longer they took to do it, the less money in an hour they made. The faster they did it in an hour, it was unlimited to the rate that they could do it. And and that, that was really powerful because then they know, okay, based on my proactive effort, mm-hmm. I make more money. Now, let's talk about money for a second. In the Christian world, a lot of times people are subconsciously scared of money mm-hmm. or talking about money. And so a lot of kids grow up with a poverty uh, mentality or... Uh, a, a scarcity mentality, uh, or a belief that making really good money is a bad thing. And that's not the case, actually. Money in and itself is neutral. It's a resource.
1: It's an amoral it can be thing. used yeah.
0: for incredible good. You know, if you're generous, you can give it to things that help people, right? But the love of money is what's wrong. And I think most people mm-hmm. know that. But we don't want to make money an idle. And so I just wanted to say that real quick, because it's absolutely good and okay to teach them how to make money, and then mm-hmm. understand the value of money in relation to their work. And let me give you an example real quick, okay, because they need to understand the value of a dollar, a lot of people grow up not understanding that, and they get themselves into trouble. Mm-hmm. And so let's say they earn $5, or say a five year old earns $5 for pulling weeds. How long would it take? A day or two? Days, yeah. A couple of days, few days. Take okay. a few days? It would take quite a few days. they're, they're not working, weeds. They're not <laughs> working all day long, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but the, it takes them some effort. Now <laughs> let's say you're, they're at the store with mom or dad and they go, they wanna buy something for $4. And now you can simply, in the moment, they don't think about the work because they just want the thing, right? Mm -hmm. And part of teaching kids is teaching them how to think longer term, because the longer term someone thinks, the more delayed gratification exists in a person, they've done studies with adults, the more actually successful they are, the more they contribute to society, and the the longer they think. And so, and and can have delayed gratification for a bigger reward uh, later. And so one of the things you can do is you can go, well, okay, let's think about this for a second. So I want you to remember how long it took you to earn the $5 you have, and that's the $5 you have. And so now I want you to think about, okay, $4 is like 90% of your net worth. What net worth means, the total amount of money you have. And so now I want you to think, is that thing worth all of that effort?
1: Right. It gives them perspective which is a really important thing. But the reality is, is parents can't teach proper biblical perspective on money if they don't have it themselves. So where you have to start on this conversation is you and your wife or husband on a date, having the conversation of what you truly believe about money and making sure that your perspective is biblical. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I actually struggled with a poverty mentality for a really long time. And, um, and there i've known people who have the opposite right who are prosperity gospel right and both are two extremes of a spectrum right there's a pendulum and as bible believing believers we want to have balance in that we don't want to make an idol out of money we also don't want to um attribute like success financial success with um thinking that we deserve it and that it's because we're doing good with God and all this stuff. Yeah. Now, God is the one who gives the blessing, but it's not indicative of our our relationship, meaning like you can still have a lot of money and be in sin. Okay. yeah. And so it's important though, that you actually teach your kids these things and that we have a responsibility not to sin with our money and to do what God calls us to with our money, which we talk about that in a different podcast, I think, where we talk about tithing and all that stuff. So
0: So that's super important. So the value of hard work Mm -hmm. and the value of money is really important. You have to give opportunities to do that. Now, uh, point two is you want to create mm-hmm. lots of experiences. Uh, I'm going to give you another story really quick. Of when the kids were a little bit older, Austin was running the RV business with me. And part of running that is cleaning the RV, prepping it for the next renter. Mm-hmm. And so we would get a cleaning fee of several hundred dollars and I would tell Austin, okay, that, that $300 is yours. Um, but I want you to empower the other, your younger brothers and sisters, if they want to work with you um, to clean it. And then you're going to decide how much money they get based on effort. Everybody does not get the equal pay. Mm-hmm. So you've got to not.
1: experience project management as yeah.
0: well. So he and this is uh, he must have been when he started doing that 13. Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, maybe 12, 12 or 13. And he had to have a relationship, mm-hmm. lead them, keep them all working. I was not out there having him work well and then assess how much money they get of the money that's available while also thinking about how much money he's going to get to keep and not be greedy about it right and be generous but then give according to the amount of productivity that was created
1: in addition to attitude and doing it that actually had something that was an effect also, because we also know that in the real world, someone could be a really good worker, but if they have a stinky attitude and they're grumbling and complaining, yeah. they're probably not going to get to keep that job very long. Yeah. And so we have always had that as like a side note thing too. And
0: what's amazing is nobody complained. They got different amounts of money. They all understood it. Mm-hmm. I never had to deal with anything. It was really, yeah. really a cool experience. So that's an example, but you want to create lots of experiences uh, and different kinds of experiences because this, when they're young, you need to help them dis- discover what they like versus following the things you like.
1: Oh, that's really big. But what that takes, though, is a humble parent realizing that it's actually stealing from their child, right, Um, to try to live vicariously through them or relive, if you will. Yeah. Right. Something that maybe they didn't get to do or whatnot. And that takes really being honest as a parent and reevaluating constantly, like, why am I doing this? why am i pushing them to do this yeah and i think that's important regarding everything sports jobs uh, all the things right music whatever it is
0: yeah i was um now this isn't a great example i probably wouldn't use this example with your kids anymore because tiger woods had some fallouts and things but you can't deny he's a great golfer i'm not a golfer myself i just know the story because i know a story of him and his dad um reading about it and one of the things his dad did when he was young is he had him try lots of different things. And when he found something that was really challenging for Tiger, he would encourage doing that even more. And I thought that mm-hmm. was good because yeah. a lot of times a weakness I've seen, I used to work with thousands of young adults mm-hmm. in a previous thing I did. Um, and I would always see these really smart, a lot of times, well, mostly well-parented kids. But if something became challenging, and they didn't know for sure if they would be good at it. They would quit,
1: right? And because so, they were like, "Oh, I can go do the thing I know I'm good at."
0: And so that because is that's how they've been parented. Not a good thing, right? Okay, so that narrows what they do, and they only tend to do things they they can think in their mind. I'm going to look good because I'm the probability of success is really high because that's where my experience is. So therefore, when they're young, you want them to have lots of experiences, and you want them to experience challenge failure all of these Mm -hmm. things while they're young right so that they're one learning discovering what they like learning how to overcome obstacles and following through Mm -hmm. and finishing things even when they're hard and uh exploring um all of that stuff and then developing thick skin so when they're older they don't just do things they know they're gonna be good at they're willing to do all kinds of things
1: yeah, that can be a really hard thing to learn. And some kids are more prone to being more risk taking in that regard yeah. than others. Um, and so there's different personalities that are actually impacted by that as well. Um, but it is important, though, that we help our kids to discover what they like and that they own that, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I um, and I think that it can be really empowering. However, one of the key things as a biblical parent, you always have to make sure that your kids do not do two things. They do not allow the things that they're good at to attach themselves to their identity because yeah. our identity is in Christ, not in what we do or don't do. Amen. The second thing you need to be on the lookout for when you're teaching them the value of money is that their identity is not affected by how much money they make or not, Yeah, right? And so that's those are two very Key trigger things for me is that my kids recognize their value and who they are in Christ. Amen. Not because of what they do, not because of what they've earned, any of that kind of stuff. Now,
0: it's also this day and age where nobody tends to keep a career for very long, like the old days where someone would get a career and keep Mm -hmm. it forever. Uh, Most likely, your kids are going to do a whole bunch of different things over the years uh, to provide for their families. And so what you want then is multiple rock solid skills to fall back on. But if they're not trying lots of things when they're younger at a micro level, then in, when the middle school and as again, the teenagers, they're going to be resistant to trying lots of things and it's gonna be harder. And then they're going to launch into adulthood with less skills. You want them to experience and develop a lot of things. Like recently, uh, we, we encouraged one of our sons to go do construction with yeah. somebody that we trust. And mm-hmm. he's also learning all these other things using his you know, mm-hmm. mind with video editing and creative creativity side of things. So, um, so that's really cool. He's trying lots of different things and we encourage that I would, um, uh, we're going to give you some examples mm-hmm. of how to create lots of experiences. We're going to give lots of examples in just a mm-hmm. second, but first, Hey, join us for the parenting mentor program. It is so awesome to engage with people that are part of the program. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a new one coming up soon. So uh, let's listen to people that have been through it real quick.
1: Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications.
0: This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me
1: a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we wanna raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it one of the best things that we've done this year one of the best investments we've made this year and i could not recommend it more we're no longer fearing dark days ahead but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next
0: generation awesome so let's go through those examples okay you want to start
1: sure so um selling different things Right? Oh, yeah. OK, so our kids, we've had multiple different little side businesses. I wouldn't call them like big businesses, but that's why this is such a perfect example. So um, our oldest daughter, when she was really young, she loved sewing. She learned how to sew on the sewing machine. Both grandmas gave her little lessons. And she started making these little wallets. Do you remember the little wallets Mm -hmm. that Kelsey used to make? And she would sell them and then um, just to people and family and, and church and things like that. And she sold them for about $9. So she made about a $5 profit on them after all of her expenses. But she had to learn what it meant to go and purchase and make an investment in something, which is what you have to do when you're starting a business, right? You have to have put in your initial money that you're going to invest in your business. So she had to do that. So she had saved money and she did this. And then she got her fabric, she spent her time, she kept track of how much time she spent. And then she sold the end product, took out the expenses she had and then she was able to divide what was left to see how much money she was making per hour, Yeah. and to see what it was worth. It was a really great math problem. It showed her the importance of understanding why we learn math. What um, was, yeah. But it also was something that she really loved. She yeah. loved sewing, so it was like a fun thing for her. Selling eggs—that's another thing she started doing when she was um, five years old. She was in charge of all the chickens, yeah. like, you know, um, and that was. Remarkable that she was actually doing that at such a young age. I look at that and I go, "Whoa!" But she um, fully took care of the chickens. She even nursed a few back to health because we had a puppy that got a hold of them, even at one in the point. rain,
0: and mm-hmm. it was way in the back of the property. So she had to run little ways to get out there. She,
1: we called her the chicken dancer because yeah. she would dance with the chickens on her arms. She was hilarious, the chicken whisperer. But um, so there, there, those are just some examples that we did with um, her when she was like five years old to eight or nine years old. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also done things like growing herbs, drying them, making teas, and then her selling those, right? Yeah. Um, We've also done different projects with the boys. Yeah. Yeah and so um isaac gave you an example of austin doing the rv business which yep. has now been passed down to drew and he's yep. going to be taking that over um other skills too like soft skills like austin does our video podcast editing yep. he does the transcript he does the blog he does so many he's learned so many different skills doing yeah. those things kelsey used to edit for us yeah. um, regarding book editing and blog post editing and stuff obviously like that. there's so-
0: kind of some of these traditional things like Mowing yards, kids can do when they get right, older. Right, but
1: those are kind of obvious. I'm not yeah. bringing those things up mm-hmm. just because those are those are kind of more t- there's traditional. Like teaching
0: piano, there's babysitting. Yep, you do that. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, all kinds of stuff. There's hard labor. Is yard it, is work. Yard like, work. Like yeah. mean,
1: we've paid our. That tends to be one of the easiest things for kids to do, especially yeah. in the summer months. And being paid to help elderly people too. Yeah. Um, and not to be paid. To help them. Just so just be them.
0: creative. Think about ways they can do that, whether you're providing low commission jobs as simple as the weed pulling or right. whatever yeah. it is and uh, and those kinds of things. So super, mm-hmm. super important. Point three is how to do this. Okay. okay. First of all, a lot of times people will go, wait a minute. I don't know enough or have enough things going on for my kids to do.
1: Mm.
0: Well, that's where community comes in.
1: Right. And what we mean by that is in your community, and we're not just talking about your family, but in your friends, do you even know what your friends do for work, right? And if you do, do you feel comfortable and trust them to have a child when they're a teenager be an apprentice for a day and go to work with them or um, even just interviewing them and learning from them? And um, there can be some really huge benefits to that. Yeah. We've had friends that had skills like being a photographer where our kids would actually learn from them by going and watching them do photography. Austin does that with Jackson now yeah. and he's done it with Aaron in the past. And, yeah. you know, so there's so many different skills out there that are really different from each other that can be super interesting. I also think about like um, just even Austin, because I gave a bunch of girl examples before, but now like Austin has his first car. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the guys at church have been like, hey, Austin, come on over you can help us change the oil on our old forerunner and we'll teach you how to do it you know and, and so he yeah. goes over and he hangs out with the the two Jordans or whatever and they teach him how to do this or Cody will bring him over and teach him how to change out I don't know a transfer case I don't even know he's yeah. they do all kinds of things yeah, right great. and those a lot of those things are not necessarily things that you knew or yeah. you grew up right and so a lot of dads out there might be thinking well I I didn't learn that because I maybe I didn't have a dad around or Mm. I wasn't into cars.
0: You don't need to know everything, but you can find ways to help your kids uh, get equipped in different ways. So there's there's really no excuses Um, and excuses just give you acceptance of a reality it doesn't need to be a certain way mm-hmm. and so what you want to do is find ways what can you do you don't want to argue for reasons why you can't you want to argue for reasons why you can because that frame of mind then helps you find things to do and help your kids with but you want to equip them to be you know, be safe when they're doing whatever they're doing too right safety right. is super important totally uh which is key a couple other things came to my mind that the, the girls did I remember Kelsey got commissioned to make cupcakes once for a party. Oh, um, right. And then I also uh, Megan got commissioned to create art for uh, products to for that art for to go a, into products.
1: Right for a blogger, yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's that, yeah. that's pretty cool. And and just watching their self esteem and confidence about themselves that wow, I created something that, that didn't exist <laughs> and somebody valued it enough to give me yeah. real and good money for it
1: yeah it's so empowering for young people to experience that because then they can start to dream and have vision and they get interested in things and they start trying harder yeah and it's exciting for them right and that isn't that what we all like want for our kids we want them to experience those kinds of experiences while they're living with us yeah right um but we also want them to experience what it means to have a job to it at times because having that contrast can actually really be powerful for them. Like I remember when Kelsey got a job and she was like, I am working this many hours and I'm making this much money, like to, I mean, it was very eye-opening, even though we had told her many times, right? Sometimes kids need to feel the pain, actually, in that regard, and it can be a very positive experience for them. So
0: So we talked a little bit about learning before, but I think this is such a heavy point under how to do it, which is teaching them how to learn. Um, Mm. I think even people, you know, we homeschool, not everybody needs to homeschool necessarily, but... um, part of the way this has worked so well for us is you've been so good at teaching them how to learn. So, you do do a lot of work, but yeah. as they get older, they're starting to become more and more automated independent, independent. is the word I like to yeah. use.
1: So, you know, in w- and I'm, when I'm, and when I'm when I plays say into independent, this whole thing too. yeah. This is actually a really important key part because in the biblical sense, we don't want our kids to have an independent spirit, mm-hmm. a rebellious spirit. But that yeah. is not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is when they take – a Value in their own education to where they realize it's their responsibility. Yeah. So they're no longer codependent upon mom or dad for their education, but they are independent, realizing that they need to take initiative. And that grows more and more in a child as they get older. You start giving them more responsibility. You start trusting them to do things. That doesn't mean you're not checking it. You for sure are checking their work. You're grading their work. You're helping yeah. them with new things. You're teaching them things. However, there comes a point where the kids are becoming more independent, but you can't trust them if you don't see them actually doing that, right? And so there's an element of integrity and character there that has to be developed, but it's when you start them at a young age with these little things like trusting them with chores that makes such a huge difference for kids when they're in high school than knowing that they're gonna have integrity with finishing their pre-algebra. Yeah, Like it, they actually coincide with each other because it's an integrity with themselves, which we've talked about a lot on the podcast with in regards to other things, right? Like yeah. having integrity with yourself, not telling a half truth, yeah. telling a full truth because a half truth is actually a lie, um, things like that. So when you ask your kids, hey, did you get your schoolwork done? I know that I can trust my kids, yeah, actually, because they have developed a track record of telling me the truth and telling me before I even come ask them if they aren't getting Amen. it done.
0: Here's a scripture in Exodus, uh, Exodus four ten. I like this because if you ever feel doubtful that you know what to do or whatever, you can also ask God, and God gives to those who ask if it's in His will. And why wouldn't it be in His will mm-hmm. to help you with parenting? Um, so four ten. But Moses said to the Lord, to to the Lord. Oh, my Lord, I'm I'm not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. So Moses had tons of excuses hmm. and was sharing them with God. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who? <laughs> <laughs> who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Basically, God saying, I am powerful. I can do what I want with you. is it is it not I the Lord now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak but he said oh my Lord please send someone else make sure that was yeah send someone else uh when then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said is there not Aaron your brother the Levite I know that he can speak well behold he is coming out to meet you and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him, mm-hmm. put the words in his mouth, and I will be with you, with you, with your mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff, which I shall do also, which you shall do the signs. So you know what God wants to use us. Let's not make excuses. Let's re- not walk in the flesh. Let's rely on the Holy Spirit to help us in our parenting and to do that, which is super, super important. And a last few thoughts are, you've got to value their ideas. So really important to get your kids to be thinking about things and to value their ideas. You have to teach them to be proactive with their effort. And so notice when they're being reactive and talk to them just point blank about this. It's super, super important. And um, I'm going to leave you with Colossians uh, 3.23 here, which is a great, by the way, these scriptures you can use with your kids too. They're not just for you. We always put scriptures in, but they're also um, for you to use with your kids too. So it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the inheritance as your reward. So as they're doing these small jobs, it's also an opportunity to help equip them and help realize who they're actually doing it for. They're doing it for God. And what does that look like? Maybe you pray before it. If they're challenged with something, you pray with them to, so that they're not relying on their own strength, but they're relying on the strength of God. And then praise God when they get paid and they do well. And maybe you praise God for that. But work unto the Lord, and we should be doing that too and showing that by example. So, hey, thanks so much for joining us.
1: See you next time.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program.
1: Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.